So, Michelle, you and I have oftentimes over the years sort of, you know, when we're creating assets and pieces on behalf of the podcast, a lot of times we we very rarely get into debates over little pieces of like, does this work? What do you, th you know, like usually we're like, yeah, this is it. This speaks to exactly what we are setting out to do the purpose of this podcast. There have been times where we sort of go back and forth on little elements of things. And I think after like some volleying, one of us usually says like, you know what, like it's fine. Like this is going to be okay. And because I think the level of trust in, you know, what we've set out as a strategy is, is something we've developed over time. There's that level of, of trust in the process. And I think that's a healthy way of approaching, you know, brand communication specifically from a social standpoint. And that's why I was so sort of struck earlier in the week. I had come across this article on LinkedIn. It was a blog um, that talked about Amtrak, the transportation company, trains, whatnot. Back in September, they had a very viral-like moment that actually caused other brands to kind of get involved, but they sent out a tweet, one word tweet that just said, trains. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative. And as the day sort of went on, a lot of these other companies started chiming in with one word uh, tweets of their own about what they do. McDonald's sent one out that said clowns is sort of a, a, a nod to, to Ronald McDonald. NPR had radio, NASA had universe, and it kind of became this whole thing. But it's come to light that that one tweet by Amtrak's team underwent seven rounds of revisions to get to that tweet, that word, that one word piece. And while everyone was sort of kind of getting into like, you know, diving into the social strategy component and wanting, you know, this is a really good look at how they operate things. I think my first reaction, and there were a few other people on social who had come across this too, that I was seeing the sentiment was, are you kidding me? Like this took seven rounds of revisions and just to get to that word, first of all, which is kind of hysterical, but, but also like sort of the level of involvement on one singular asset, one tweet, one moment in time that is so quick, so snap of a finger, so blink of an eye that it's here and gone. All of that time and, and resources for that moment seemed like it was such a waste when you're talking about ultimately what Amtrak is trying to do from a from a strategic standpoint that you're really just focusing in all that attention on on one tweet what's funny is I was so confused when you were like presenting this article to me and kind of explaining to me like the idea for this topic because this article at least a little bit that I skimmed, I think is kind of saying, oh, this is like, this is such a success. This is a success story that they put all of this thought into getting to this like great, simple solution. In essence, that they sort of like, that the, the piece sort of dove into like the social strategy and, and um, you know, some of the elements of like, you know, what would, how would you describe the social strategy? And the Twitter strategy in particular, and what's your goal? And it felt like it was a little bit too much of a, of a, of a look into it without like surface level being like, this seems a bit much for a tweet. Well, in a way, I, I think that they probably could have just done what we do, which is just like wing it and get away with it. But I don't know, maybe I this should is... mention, and I bury the lead here a little bit. This was over three months. Seven rounds of edits over three months to get to this, what? to get to this point. Yeah, right. 
I know. Read the article that I sent you. (laughs) Actually read it, Michelle. I agree with you, but I'm also conflicted because when I think about creating something or designing something, I love putting a lot of thought into things. And I do think that thought and research are integral parts of the process in order to get this really stellar end thing. However, at the place that we are at now in social media history and internet history, that feels like a complete waste of time to me for social media because everything is disposable. This tweet happened to do really well and it happened to get the attention of other brands and but that could have happened with someone just shooting a random thought that popped into their head and that does happen all the time with zero strategy yeah and i think it's also worth pointing out that i had forgotten about this this tweet from from early september until this resurfaced which should show you that all of that time that was spent on this, the what you know, how, however much time went into the strategy development, and then ultimately the review process over three months for this one thing, was it worth it? I forgot about it. I, I don't know if other people also forgot about it, but here we are, and the only reason why it came about was because you know stumbled upon this blog. You don't have time to really grab people, right? It's 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 a, social is a light medium. It almost seems counterproductive. It is. It's counterproductive and counterintuitive to spend so much time on, on, on an approval process for one singular tweet when really like the idea, I think, of a really healthy social strategy is, is in the, the growth and the evolution and the ability to take chances and try things. That to me kind of is – it's counterintuitive to what social media has, has been really about is we talked about this in a previous episode, like throughout all the evolutions of social and the changes and whatnot, the one thing that has been consistent is the opportunity to advance whatever it is you're, you're doing through, through new tools or whatever. I think when you're constantly trying to slow down a process and you're trying to gunk things up, like it really does feel like the people that you've put into those positions to, to execute, aren't able to freely operate within an ecosystem that requires flexibility, learning, growth, taking chances to to level up to whatever that next level for your brand is going to be. Yeah, I think when I'm saying it's stupid to have a strategy for social media, that's not completely what I meant. Have a really good sense about what it is that you're trying to say. And in our last episode, we talked about storytelling. So that's a really good I think foundation is like, okay, what is a story of your brand? What is a story that you want to tell? And how do you want your customers or your audience to be a part of that story? But when it comes to actually creating the content for social, because it is so disposable, I think we need to leave space for experimentation, doing things on a whim. I've been creating a lot more content for my own brand recently. And I keep like having this internal struggle about, do I put a lot of thought and try to plan this out and try to like plan out a content calendar? Or do I just like, if something comes up in the moment, roll with it. Mm. And even though my style is more to like plan and feel like I have like a hold on things, but with a little bit of data that I have, my more successful pieces have been things that I've just 
picked up the camera, shot something, quickly edited it and put it out immediately. And it's it's been a good lesson for me because it feels a little bit uncomfortable. It feels vulnerable. It feels like, ugh, like, you know, sometimes I'm not wearing makeup or whatnot. And I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm finding more and more success with those sort of pieces. But I think it comes from my foundation of being comfortable with who I am, what I stand for, what my brand stands for. And as long as it checks that box, it doesn't really matter what the content is. Yeah, right. And you feel like you're sort of like, does it put you in that position to kind of roll with it a little bit more, right? Yeah. Can I give like a real, some real life examples? Okay. So I'll talk about two that I think have done well across multiple platforms. So this is I can speak more to Instagram and to YouTube shorts, although I've also been putting these up on TikTok and then like not really paying attention to how well they do because I don't use TikTok as much personally. But there was one video that I shot and it was like a Sunday afternoon. I had to get something out of my car and it was cold out, so I had my coat on. And I was like, oh, the lighting is really nice right now. Like, I'm just going to pick the camera up and say something. And I just said, like, the first thing that came to my head, which was, like, three questions to ask yourself on a Sunday to go into the new week. It was one take. It was me walking down the street. And I made myself just very quickly splice it together and throw it up. And it was simple. It was short. But I think it packed a punch and it said exactly what it needed to say, but it was very much intuitive. But I think the key to this is like having the intuition, but then actually like following through and doing something with it. Because I think a lot of us get too hung up on like, do I look good? Is the lighting good? Like there's one point where like, because it's like sunny, like my face kind of gets washed out. And there's a part of me that like looked at that and was like, oh, I should go out and like reshoot that. But I'm like, no, no, no I'm missing the point of this <laughs> exercise. And that, that yeah. did well. And then my other one pretty recently that did well was that same kind of like Sunday night concept. I was sitting on the couch and I was like, I kind of wanted to put like one more piece of content out there. What can I put up? And I'm like, what if I just like, take my camera out and just show what I'm doing right now, which was sitting on the couch. My cat was on my lap. I had my planner out and I was kind of like, just like prepping for the new week. Mm-hmm. Did one like aerial shot and it was great. Cause my cat like looked up right at me. <laughs> and, on cue. Yeah. And I, I made a comment about, cause she had just been doing this. Like there are like ribbons that are like bookmarks inside my planner and she was like swatting at it that didn't get into the video but I said like something like you know prep for Sunday make sure that the cats don't think that your planner is a cat toy (laughs) and it was great I added for Instagram added the pink panther theme to it put a different track on for shorts and both of those also did well and continues to do well too I guess you know animals pets continue to be well loved on the internet that has not changed low-hanging fruit but that's good you got to use it but i think like you know like your strategy though like you you didn't overthink the the tactical piece of it i imagine that you have poured a ton of time and effort into developing the strategy the details of it you know what you want people to know what's the takeaway you know what do you want them to hear and that should make doesn't always make it but it should make the tactical part easy because 
if you if you've looked at the strategy component of it and like go into this for a second like when you are communicating to your to your audience to your your followers like what is it like what is what do you what do you stand for what do you want them to know about you Oh, what's my word for my brands? Yeah. Well, even if it's like go beyond a word, like it could still, it could, it could be whatever you want it to be. But like, what do you want them to know you stand for or believe in? Yeah, I think um, believing in yourself, trying to find creativity in the everyday, and doing more things to cultivate confidence so that you can put more of your work out there. Yeah, and you and 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 you know I know you like you know we 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 talk about this a lot like there's a lot of time that has gone into probably like you boil those down to three bullet points but to be to articulate them and how you want that to sort of come across and 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 whatever like that takes the time period I think that makes the most sense for people to really sort of obsess over the the strategy component of things but once you have that down like I said I don't think it's always like simple but the tactical piece kind of comes pretty naturally because you should be able to draw a direct line between whatever it is, you know, however you're showing it, you're sitting on the couch on the end of a Sunday with your planner and your cat and, you know, or, or the video when you were outside and ladder that back, draw a direct line back to the strategy component of what your brand is. And I think when we're using the Amtrak example as sort of the parallel here, I'm not saying that they didn't spend a lot of time going into the strategy component of things, but once you have that set, you should have a little bit of freedom to, to, to play, you know, you should have a little bit of freedom to sort of say, like, I know there's a couple of things that we're going to be able to draw directly, you know, back to about what these assets are going to be, what these tactical components are going to be. But I know there's going to be other things that I'm not considering that I'm kind of excited about coming across and discovering somewhere down the line, because that just adds a whole new wrinkle to the output component component of things. And when you have somebody sort of stifling that or or looking over everything with a fine tooth comb, like it really sort of kills, you know, like if we're talking about Amtrak, like it kills the the, the confidence and and ultimately the growth level uh, of 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 the people you hired to do that work to begin with. Do you think that they're that expectation is placed on a lot of social media managers that like, come up with your strategy plan and plan out all of your content and make sure that we're like covering X amount of, you know, topics per month, et cetera. I think it's, I think it's easy to fall into the trap that social is everything like that, that social means everything. Right. I mean, like even using, you know, your, your, your brand as an example, like social is just one channel you know your social channels are just one way you connect it's just one you know amtrak's twitter account is just one way they're connecting with their audience right so like you can't by that definition like you can't take it super seriously you know and that's why i think it struck me when we're talking about one tweet taking that much time like you can't take it that seriously like building the foundation of what you what you want to communicate about what you want to sort of illustrate to your audience like that takes time. I can remember last year, the Yankees, who have done a lot over the years to, um, you know, to showcase where how the organization supports LGBTQ rights and 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 Black Lives Matter, and and it's done through a lot of ways. It's not just done through a social presence, right? It's and and really, it might just be a casual like through a social piece of content that that illustrates, you know, that that you know that they're celebrating Pride Month or they're celebrating, you know, whatever. Last year. You know, they use their their Twitter platform 
in lieu of game coverage and in collaboration with the Tampa Bay Rays to offer facts about the impacts of gun violence. And it went on throughout the entire course of the game. This was in light of what happened in um, Uvalde and in Buffalo uh, over the summer. And it was something that I'm sure wasn't like, you know, oh, we'll just do this. Like, that's something that I can definitely see, like, obsessing over the details of an asset to make sure that it's exactly how you want it to 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 be. But that's in relationship to overall what your organization stands for and and believes in. Little components of things like like this, like Amtrak. I mean, I know we're talking apples and oranges, gun violence to, you know, a tweet that said trains that caught on virally. But it doesn't feel like something like that should be what's what's pulling your your time and resources and killing kind of the progress of what you're trying to accomplish strategically. Yeah, I think in that example, it was much more about, okay, this is an event. This is going to take place over the the entire length of a, a baseball game, which is usually like three hours. And I'm sure they had a lot of media eyes on them. So that that to me is like a different kind of example than just like your everyday tweet. And I do think it's important to like, to have that distinction. So if you're doing something like Q&A or like a live Twitter event, like absolutely put strategy behind that. But your one-off tweets, I hate saying this because this feels like it goes against everything that I believe about creating things. But I think that we need to share more on social media. I'm rolling my eyes at myself. Adding Mm -hmm. to the noise, but just throw darts just put things up. If something comes to mind, put it out there. And if you feel like you're coming from a place that's true to you and true to your brand, just to be clear, I'm not talking like start ranting about things or, or being, you know, disrespectful, like, you know, still stay in alignment with what your brand has to stand for. But on the other side of those two examples I shared, I put up a short yesterday that was under 30 seconds. It was short, but I did a voiceover on it and I thought, okay, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing for a short to be successful. It's informative. It, it moves really quickly. There's like actual movement in it. Like I'm spinning around and then also in it, I'm sharing like a really quick tutorial, like on my phone. So I felt like it was it delivered value, but in a concise way. And I thought I, I hit it out of the park. I was like, this is, this is a prime example of what a short or a reel should be. And it bombed, yeah. it bombed. Yeah. So I was saying this to Steve before we started recording, I've had to kind of like have these pep talks with myself and say like, just put more stuff out there and don't try to like <laughs> agonize over trying to figure out why something worked or why something didn't work, just cast a wide net and celebrate the things that, that do work because the more you put out there, you will have more wins. Yeah. I think the funny thing about people who work in social media, like I say this tongue in cheek because I do have some involvement working in social media, but like I've never seen a group that complains more about anything than people who work in social media. And, And it ranges from like, changes in social media and and flipping the script on what they know and how they do things to not being trusted and not being you know allowed to 
to do that work. And I, you know, some of it is a little bit like, okay, this is enough. But this one I actually buy into. Like, I always believe, like, if you're hiring somebody for a specific purpose, like, you need to let them do that job. You need to sort of, you know, set expectations and, and, and build that box, so to speak. But then you got to let them sort of play in it, right? We've talked about that in the past, too, on this. And I think having people who don't have, even though they might be working for the organization or, or higher ups, like, I think there's a lesson out of all of this, too, that, you know, that comes from, okay, you, 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 you definitely achieve some level of, you know, talking about the Amtrak tweet, you definitely achieve some level of, of going viral and, and maybe some mockery, you know, to some extent, I don't think other brands were doing this just to like, oh, this is cool. We're going to do this too. I mean, there is a level of like making fun of Amtrak by some of these things. And it's like, was that the intent? Like, was it, was it the intent to do something sort of like cute and kitschy? Is that what you like that you hit upon for your social strategy or was that not the intention? And the time that went into this, the three months and the seven rounds and all these people that were involved, like this was the result that you wanted, because I think you have people like you and I who are having these types of conversations where we're looking at it going, this seems a bit much like and now it's shining a light on a process that I think you have hired people who work on your social media team. You probably have someone who's overseeing that team who probably feel stifled and crushed because, you know, people who are around them that might not work in social but think that their opinions matter with the end game here are the ones driving that work. And it feels very backwards. If you're going to hire people, if you're going to put them in positions to do certain work, I think you can be involved in setting the tone and setting vision and having those conversations strategically like we talked about. But then you have to get out of the way and sort of let the evolution of what's going to happen materialize. Because I think that goes back to your point about taking chances. Yeah, I'm wondering if that social media manager or team, instead of spending three months working on that one tweet, despite the fact that it was a success, what if they had put out like, you know, 30 more tweets in addition to that one? And maybe some of them bombed, maybe, but maybe some of them like sparked conversation, got their audience to participate to share what they liked and didn't like and i i feel like there was just such a miss in valuable information that they could have gathered about their audience and maybe having more visibility it feels like just like such a suck of resources for that one person or that team of people who could have been doing more things even just even i, I don't know like what their responsibilities are but i don't I don't think anyone should ever spend that much time on a social piece that's going to get buried in the feed for some people within seconds. Uh, I think that's what makes it not that serious. Like, you know, there's there's something about social media that like I'm the first person to make it out to be a big deal. But I'm also very well aware in context, if this makes any sense, that it's really not that serious in the grand scheme of things. Right. Like. You have to remember the intent of why people are usually coming on to social media and it's usually to be entertained or be informed. And I get that this tweet, I guess, accomplished the entertainment piece of things, but I'm not necessarily coming at it from what was was Amtrak's tweet good or bad. It's more or less like it's the process piece of all of this that I think I have the, the, the biggest problem with. It's about entertainment. Maybe just let people entertain, like maybe let people sort of 
find that level of enjoyment in the process and enjoyment of the work as opposed to trying to sort of tamp everything down or, 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 or tie things down until you feel like every I has been dotted and T has been crossed. You could argue that it's about informing people. It's about people coming like I, I get it, but I don't I, I don't believe people log on to, to, to Instagram to be informed or people, you know, I understand you might follow news accounts on Twitter. But you're not largely going on the social, I don't feel, to be informed. You're going on to be entertained and you're going on to sort of see things that you have passions for and connections with. And the intent of the content that you're creating has to match the motivation of the people coming to it for that. I mean, is, is Amtrak's audience coming there to, 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 to be like to see things like this? I, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. But. And, and maybe that's my my naivete and I need to do a better job of understanding their social strategy and, and maybe I will. No, but you it won't. just feels like no, I probably won't. <laughs> but it just feels like if that's sort of the the end game here, then why is the process so counterproductive to that? And it shouldn't be. It's an ecosystem of enjoyment, it's an ecosystem of of connections, and you can't script all of that. So much of that stuff just happens you know, organically, there's that, I mean, like there's an, there's an old adage about like, if you're in the organic social media business and I know we're getting between organic and paid and I'm not going down that path, but if you're in the organic social media business, you're in the business of entertainment. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, but to do that, you sort of have to have some freedom and flexibility to, to be allowed to entertain, to find what works to your point about your examples from earlier, like ones that keep on keeping on is the ones that continue to entertain and make people feel something. Our top rated video, one of them of all time, is me falling off a stool. Like, yep. I mean, it's not what I'm proudest of, of all of the things that we've done on all 87 episodes or whatever, 88 episodes, but it's still, I get it. You know, I understand it. So, and it was not something that's overthought. It's true to what happens on this show, right? I mean, it's true to our our, our sort of like connection and laughing and, and enjoying and not taking us and what we do too seriously. I think there's a lot of that when it comes to how people want to be communicated with on social media. Yeah, I have no data to back this up, but I'm just thinking about the way that I, for the most part, use social media and the way that I've seen close family and friends use social media. Think about your state of mind when you pick up your phone and open up any of those apps, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. For me, it's usually like I need a little bit of a mental break, like I'm having a moment and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do or like, oh, I just need to take a breather. So like my thumb will just instinctively open up one of those apps. And I'm not saying that that's, this is a healthy thing, but I think that that is the state of mind of most people when they go on to social media, they're trying to like escape whatever it is that's going on in that moment in their life. And yeah. sometimes they're not looking for like, the grand solution, like I said, I was trying to like give this really like concise and quick tutorial, but, and sometimes people are looking for those things, they're searching, but for the most part, people just want to experience a moment with you to let them know like whatever it is is going on in their head when they open up that, that app, like I'm tired, I'm cranky, or like I need something to make me smile right now, like you said, like the entertainment factor. Yeah. And I think the more of those just little human moments that we might be willing to share with other people, the more successful it's going to be. 
Yeah, I love that. I think I think in any successful strategy, you have to consider clearly, you know, what what you stand for, but also like what does your audience need to and expect to hear from you? How are they coming to you? You know, in those moments, you know, what is the psychology of how they're of where they are when they're consuming or opening or viewing content from you on any platform? Because, you know, your your the psychology of looking at your email, your mindset looking at your email is very different than your mindset going to Instagram. So is the is the the type of content that's being created matching where your audience is in that moment? That's why you pour your 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 time and your effort and you and you obsess over the details of the strategy because you want to make sure that when you are eventually and inevitably creating the content for different the different platforms that you use that you've already done the thinking and the hard work and the obsessing and all that other stuff. Now it's just about the execution. Now it's just really about what should be the fun part, the doing of the work. I think it's much more effective if you're if you're if you're sweating the details of your strategy. And when I say that, I don't mean like, you know, panicking, but really sort of making sure that you have considered everything that you can in relation to your brand, your audience and what you have to say and what message needs to be said. And and then when you're choosing the tactical piece of it, just going and delivering it based on which channel you're choosing. I've kind of been trying to convince myself of this, but I think I needed to see this real life example of someone pouring so much time. And I'm going to use the word now at this point in the conversation, wasting so much time on one small piece of social content. And I'm going to make it my aim in the next week to put up maybe like one or two extra pieces without thinking too hard about it. And we'll just, we'll see what happens. Go in with an open mind. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I think sometimes that's how you stumble upon new lessons learned for what, for what works. I think when you constantly box yourself into a style, you know, expectations are one thing, but it also becomes sort of like reminds me of the, the, the Paul Simon quote that I had shared with you a long time ago. You don't want to get to the point where the audience is ahead of you because then they stop listening. And he was talking about it in the standpoint of being predictable with music styles. You know, if, if you constantly produce the same type of music, the same sound, the same recognizable style, they know what to expect. But when you challenge yourself and you stay true to who you are and what you believe in, and you're able to sort of grow and evolve under that where it's still who you are, you're just showing it in, in, in different ways you stay a step ahead of the audience. You constantly add more value to the relationship that they have with you and the reasons why they fell in love with you to begin with. And I think that's why experimentation is so vital in, in, in communication and in social media because it, it just shows the level of growth that you have with your audience, with your followers, with the people who connect with you the most, that you're not just taking them for granted. You're trying to add value to that commitment that they have shown to you. Yeah. It's kind of like a, giving them an opportunity for their heads to turn. We've referenced this song before on the podcast, but Billy Joel has a song called, and so it goes, and it's kind of famous for not following typical like music theory for kind of going a little bit off the rails. And in our minds, you don't have to like know a lot about music to have experienced this before, but a lot of times when you're listening to a song, even if you've never heard the song before, your brain kind of anticipates where the next note is going to go. And that song throws all those rules out the window and it goes to different places. But 
it's those kind of uh, moments that make you stop and say like, oh, wait, that's not what I thought was going to happen here. This went in a different direction. And I think that that is a really compelling thing for us to do with our content to not always do the same thing. I mean, I know that we need to be consistent and stay true to who we are and and what our brands are about. But I think that there are always opportunities to take little zigs and zags because that those are going to be the things that actually get our audience's attention and make them think, make them question and help them to engage with your brand. Go do take chances, have fun. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod for creatives and let us know which stood out to you. This is definitely not my permanent set, so don't get used to it. I got rid of this shelf. Going for a tour here. Hang on, folks. On, on that side of the room. So now I feel like I can't sit on the couch because now that doesn't have a good background. So here we are. Bank? Is that a banker's box on the ground or a printer? A printer. Okay. A banker's box. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> the white box. <laughs> Everybody who gets fired walks out with one. Like that kind what, of am one. I going to fire myself? I feel like every time we record an episode, I'm getting like a tour of your your home. Different room, different setup. I mean, I've been here before, I think. <laughs> I got a new, oh, and I got a new. You changed the wall, I've noticed, yeah. Have you you've not seen the wall? I changed not that like in the fall. Oh, I don't think I've been in this. I've been the bad boyfriend, the bad tipper, the bad. <laughs> I've been on the couch. I've been in the closet. <laughs> I don't think I've been here. <laughs>